Let's get into the Word of God. Romans 8 verses 5 to 7. We're busy on the, we're busy on the um, confronting the flesh. And one thing that I need to say, and I will keep on saying, no one can confront your flesh but you. Secondly, if you choose intentionally to keep flesh that the Holy Spirit is warning you about in your life, you are legally participating with Satan in destroying your life. Because when God, when the Bible says, and God formed man from the dust of the earth, right? That is the physical part. And then in Genesis 3 verse 14, um, chapter 3 verse 14, when God spoke to the snake and cursed him, he said, and we know the snake was Lucifer. He said to him, and not only Lucifer, but all his demons, meaning the kingdom of darkness. And he said, you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Meaning that Satan legally gets stronger by every bit of flesh he consumes. Amen? So watch the dust in your life. And last week we spoke of, and I just want to um, spend about two or three minutes on this, because I got a question It was interesting, and it just opened my mind to how many people may have questions like this. On last week we spoke on circumcision of your heart. And we know that circumcision... Um, firstly, why they started circumcising, it was for the Jews, so as a sign of the covenant. But the deeper meaning was it because what was circumcised was the male organ. Good morning to the elders as well, um, a male organ. So when they circumcised it, it was for health, but also primarily for the covenant. This was for Jews only. When we circumcise now, it is for health reasons mostly, right? So we don't have to go and circumcise because someone asked me, so what does a circumcision in the Old Testament have to do with us? It was symbolic of cutting of extra flesh that will come in between you and God's relationship, especially in terms of intimacy. So when the Bible says circumcise your heart, it does not mean you must go for a heart operation or a bypass. It means your heart, your mind, when there is carnality, cut it off because it will come between you and God. Why? Because flesh is enmity with God. There's no bit of tolerance in God for the flesh. Sometimes he tolerates it because he loves you, but he hates the flesh. Don't ever think that the grace of God is so powerful and so forgiving and so tolerant that it will keep on forgiving flesh because the Bible, and next week we'll speak on this, the Bible says that there will come a time where God will give you over to a reprobate mind. And I know there's one, there's one person that loves it, and it's um, Graham Roosecrans at the back. He loves that reprobate mind. There is a time, Brother Greg, if you insist on continuing with your wrong, in spite of the warnings of the Holy Spirit, whether through your past or whatever, God will give you over. What does over mean? God does not say you will rule it. It means that God is telling the, 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 the repobricy of your mind, rule this one. He does not listen to me. And then you will see things in your life that you've never seen. It will be like God is so far away from you. Because God has seen that Mbali don't want to give this thing up. There was a period of grace and say, Han, I'm giving you over to the authority of dark forces to completely consume you. Amen? And if, if you, if you, and there's always grace, but it will be so much more difficult to call on the name of God when you've been given over, David, to a reprobate mind. A reprobate mind is like, even if you want to do the right thing, you cannot do it because your mind is consumed by demonic power so dark that you see no light. And that's why we see sometimes in Hollywood, people have the world at their feet, Pastor Clayton, and all of a sudden you just see someone killing themselves. These people are so powerful, Pastor Vicky, they can put an apple on Instagram and there's a million likes. And it's like, Yera, are we bewitched? And someone like that with millions in the bank account that could literally have anybody they want can just decide I'm going to kill myself. And when you get the backstory, now this is what Hollywood don't tell you. They will tell you, no, it was an overdose because of, of medication and all these things. But the reality sometimes is, and if you have to go deep, reality is that some of these people are involved in dark works. And Satan comes to claim what he, what's his. 
Don't play with the devil. He's not here to play. He's got one agenda only. Moved in three phases. Kill, steal, destroy. What is killing? Killing is to take your life before the time that God has set. It's not dying. It is killing. I'm killing you. You were supposed to die at age so and so, but I kill you now before you can do what you're supposed to do. What is stealing? I'm taking without your permission and I'm making it mine. There's a lot of things that Satan is bragging with, in your face with that is yours. And because you don't know, he came as a thief. He's holding on to it. And then there's destroy, destruction to a point where it's almost impossible to be restored. Now, nothing is impossible with God, but Satan, when he looks at you, he, he got, he's got billions of ways to get to these three things. Kill, steal, destroy. For some, for some, it will be drugs. For some, it will be substances. For others, it will be um, unforgiveness, bitterness. For some, it will be stealing. Whatever it is, as long as Satan brings you to a point of destruction, stealing what God has given you, and ultimately killing you, that's all he wants. Because sin never comes looking like the destruction it intends to bring. If you that night when you took your first puff of that drug knew or saw yourself a year later, you would not take it. Because all you see now is the euphoria and you see how nice people are dancing and all these things. But if the drug or the temptation way it came the same way it will look or make you look six months down the line, you will not take it. There's no sin that comes dressed as the destruction it is. So don't play with sin. Don't think you're just going out for one night. Our one night turned into years of addiction. Don't go where the Holy Spirit says don't go. And the thing is, you may come back without scratches, having had a nice life, but what happened in the Spirit? Doors were opened legally because you went against the warning of the Holy Spirit. Love holy. It seems holiness now, it's, it's, it's old-fashioned. That's fine. If you have to walk out of groups or people walk away from you because they call you an Oma or an Opa, it's fine. Your soul is precious. The opinions of your friends cannot restore your soul, but let's get into the Word of God. Amen. I actually like this voice. It sounds nice. Oh, but my throat. But let's get into it. Romans 5, Romans chapter 8, verses 5 to 7. And this is our base verse. Because we cannot speak carnality or the flesh without bringing the mind in. If we, there's, there's someone, I, and I'm going to keep on calling him because we like sharing verses, Brother Graham. If there's one thing he always says that you cannot, unless you change your mind, you cannot change your life. Now, many times when we speak of flesh, we speak, David, of the habits. But we don't speak of the root. So now I stop you from doing this, but because your mind is fraught, you will find another thing to satisfy the flesh with. One thing about the flesh is the flesh will never come to a point where it says, I'm tired and I'm full. The flesh will never ever do that. The flesh will consume whatever it is that you're feeding the flesh until you stop the train. It is like the gravy train where people are still stealing and South Africa don't have money. You're even wondering, where do you get money to steal? That's flesh. Like, I'm literally sitting and I'm like, how are you a mayor of a town? You drove through portals to your office. Is there nothing in you that says no man? No man. That is repro a reprobate mind. That you would, you get out, your car's being hobbling, and then you get to your office and there's a big portal in front of you and you jump over. Oh, good morning, good morning. And in your mind, you're already thinking what you're going to steal. It's a reprobate mind. Okay, but it says, for those who love according to the flesh, set their what? Their minds on the things of the flesh. That's why the flesh can never ever, Brother Greg, just be preached as, I'm stealing, I'm fornicating. It's deeper than that. That's why some people have gone from one vice or habit, and they've changed it, 
And now we think the person has changed. And now we see Vicky stealing cars. And now Vicky has graduated from stealing cars to selling drugs. And now it is to killing people. The root is his mind. Because there's people that don't do habits, but they sit in church with the most vile spirits. It's carnality because it's where? In the mind. But let's continue. Set your things, but love those who love according to the spirit. Do the things of the which spirit? The Holy Spirit. And next we will speak of when sin matures. These are the things of the spirit. Which spirit? The Holy Spirit and Janet. It says, when you set your mind on the things of the spirit, the spirit rewards you with the things that is spiritual. When you, when you set your mind, not the devil, not the Satanist, not the Mulana, not the witch. When you, Maki, set your mind, I, what it, it means, I'm meditating on what I'm not supposed to. I'm setting my mind on, so I'm telling my whole being, spirit, soul, body, I am willingly giving dust to Satan to feed off. What is set? Set speaks of a mold. Once your mold is set in, your mind is set in a certain way, Eva, there's nothing that will change about your life. Some changes will be superficial, but you always revert back to the state of your, the, that your mind is fixed in. That's why rude people, they become born again. Still rude in church. They just don't swear. And they, they testify with that rudeness. People sit on my chair, and I've been, yeah, Muna, he's on the scoff. What's the, what's the difference? The difference or the change was superficial. There was nothing changing here, Pastor Clayton. Now let's continue. But for the carnality, the carnal mind is death. What is death? To be cut off from God spiritually. It is that moment where God came and said, Adam, where are you? Because God could sense the death in the disconnect. Did Adam die naturally? No, he died about 900 years later. Now imagine dying and still existing for 900 years. That is what carnality does. They're like, no, it's fine. You want to live till 85? It's fine. Nikita, fine. It'll be a nice Oma will make 60th for you, 70th for you, 80th for you, but you died when you were 21. This death, because you only think of, no, I'm sinning, I'm going to get. No. The enemy is not after your funeral, it's after your existence. For him, there's more pleasure, Brother Gregs, in seeing you suffer for 40 years than dying in 40 minutes. Because you can go to God every single day and say, take for Greg, your son. He say, in my pocket. Does it make sense? And messages like this is supposed to provoke you. Even sometimes when you feel like, yo, the pastor mark me, not as fine. After the jailing custard, you mentioned of jailing custard. Yo, jailing custard is nice, but yo, there was a time in my life when I'm like, Yera, please. Deliver us from this. Then they came with trifle. I said, Father, please take me back to Egypt of jailing custard. Because trifle looks like someone was not in the mood. And they just put stuff together. And then they bring it out on Christmas. You know, respect you for Jesus. Obviously, birthday. As a joke, Sister Betty. Joke, 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 joke. Joke, guys. Joke, joke, joke. That is what flesh is. Because messages like this, when you lay on your bed, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And it will show you what your flesh is. Not, we are so used to seeing Ambali's flesh, Tommy's flesh. Your flesh, your own carnality, that is what the Holy Spirit shows. If you see, Pastor, they bought a new car. Um, hey, hey, Muna. Hey. Hey. Do you, do you see? Uh, Pastor Vicky is now leading service, and I don't see his wife in... Hey, Muna. Do you get what I'm saying? We see... Everybody's flesh. Because you know what flesh does? It closes your own eye. 
spiritually. Because Satan is standing right next to you. Come here quickly, wait. Satan is standing right next to you. There is no Satan. It's also a gem like. <laughs> Satan is like this. Look at Kaelin. Look at Kaelin. Devouring you. Filling you with more dust so that they can feed more. And by the time that you realize, no man, I'm being chowed here. There's so little strength in you, but the grace of God is sufficient. But many people, because of pride, now they stay in the darkness. Let's get into the word of God. It will make sense soon. Um, Genesis 3 verse 6. I sound like a government spokesperson. It's like the government chooses the worst speakers. The worst. Like you will be spokesperson. It's like they sit and they decide who gets positions. And it's not like, no, but Nakita is... Not the most confident speaker. Let's get just an example, Geraldine. It's like, no, as long as she gets a position. And it, I think it hits her after the meeting. Like, yo, I'm a spokesperson. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I never hear what he says. I never hear. I just wait for the report on Twitter and I read what he says. <laughs> the government. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Okay, let's get into it. ANC Mensa squad. And when the woman, and when the woman saw, check this. This is Eve. Now, in Genesis 2, and even in Genesis 3, God started speaking to them, giving them guidelines. Now, your flesh cannot be seen as flesh until there's prior warnings as to what you must not do. God would have been unfair if he just came to punish them without teaching them what was wrong. So now we see God said, of this tree you may eat, and of these ones you may not. So now God can come back with an agreement to say, but guys, we spoke on this. Does it make sense? Okay. And when the woman saw, the word saw there in Hebrew and Greek does not only mean applying your eyes to see. Because that would be, un, would be unfair, Sister Ursula, because we walk, we're not blind, we see things. But here it says, you see and you invite your mind and your soul into the context. Let me make an example. I see Vicky. I make an opinion that he is attractive. Now I'm inviting my soul based on what I saw. Let's meditate on his attractiveness. Now that is the seed that will grow for your desires. Now when, I, when she saw the three checks, she said, and it was good for food. What is food? Consumption. Canality. She saw the tree, whatever the tree was. She liked it. She invited her mind and they had a meeting to say, this is nice. Let's partake. And it was good for consumption and it was pleasant to the eyes. The pleasant they speak of, the eyes agree that ones like didang. We like it. Now it's going to be part of us and they start desiring the tree. Does it make sense? So it was not just looking because then we should all walk with blood. It is seeing something and looking at it and saying, that's a, that's a cute boy. I'm talking about the young girls, not the AK. And it stops there. Now it's not like you keep on looking. Oh, he's so cute. I wonder what it. You, I almost said something. I wonder what he sounds like. I wonder what he smells like. Then it becomes more. Now Satan is smelling dust growing somewhere, like a shark, because God said, not if you want to. God said you will eat dust. Now when we allow these things, Satan comes and and he encourages it because it's food to him. Does it make sense? It was pleasant to. To the eyes and a tree to be what? 
What is desire? The word desire means a deep longing or want after something. Desire is not always wrong. Because in the book of Psalms, the Bible says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you what? Of your heart. As long as it's in line with God. So they saw, check this, this is how desire starts. You apply your senses. Then your mind starts and your soul starts agreeing we like this thing. And you grow in affinity for this thing. You start liking it. When you don't deal with those thoughts, once it catches root, now sensuality takes over. You have not done anything with this person yet, but there's such a deep desire in it. And oftentimes it is for the wrong things. Let's continue. And she took the fruit thereof and she ate. That is the maturity of sin. It started with engaging, then meditation, then it started with manifestation. Because no one wakes up and just sins unless it's already in them. Imagine waking up and you go to your neighbors and you steal the TV. I said, no, but Louisa was never like this, eh? She was such a sweet girl and now she just started stealing TVs. She must be mentally, but if you've been showing signs of stealing, it started at a birthday party and you start stealing party, what? Party pigs. Then you start stealing sherbet at the Buddha. Then you start stealing money. Do you get what I'm saying? It started somewhere. It's progressive. It grows. But let's continue. So, so here means it, you looked and you intentionally meditated there on bringing the mind into the equation. It is not just looking because that would be unfair. It is when I saw my, my, my girlfriend there in 1996 the first time. And a cousin came and he sold the idea to me to say, Hey, I got a frog crave I found a wife. He didn't even know he was prophesying. And then I looked. And I said, yeah, hey, cheese girl. Cute. So now I'm bringing my mind. I could have looked and acknowledged she's beautiful and left it as Sister Betty. The moment I went from acknowledging to accepting and owning, that's when, and that's when I started pursuing her. So now the one that was the main factor in this was not her cousin. It was my mind. Because if I saw her and I did not like or approve or it wasn't pleasant to my eyes, I would not have gone further the next day to say, Neman, come stand for every hook. I go tight. That was so dumb. Why didn't I just tighter there? For those that don't know what tight is, it means to shella. It means to ask out. Yeah, that was our generation. Nowadays, you guys just like a few posts on Facebook, like, ooh, in a relationship, whoa. We ask for the answer, and you have to wait for, even if you see, hi, these are yes. And that was the longest weekend. You ask on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're just laying there in your bed listening to Boys to Men cassette. Hey. Is it yes? Is it no? Is it yes? You even go to church. Double portion, holy water. Father, bless. Father. And then the Monday you just, you know, the answer is no. Like, my, you don't, it looked like a yes on Friday. Like, I changed my mind. Greg asked me out and he's, he's, he's. After school, now we must fight. And then I lose again. So it's two no's in one. <laughs> Professor, you're right. What does we have created? And you're Suarez, no? Matthew 5 verse 28. So do we get it now that the flesh starts with, so before they ate, whatever the eating is, because now people are making theology about the eating was um, intimacy and whatever. No, that's not the issue. The principle was you did not listen to God. We cannot debate here what they did. No, it wasn't an apple. Even if it was a watermelon, I don't care what the fruit was. The point is you were disobedient to God. Because once we start making the secondary things, the primary things, that's when we start justifying our sins. Yeah, but we didn't have food. Yeah, but it's still. 
Kom ons begin daar. And now we can't sell that bread because it comes from under your armpit. No, what now? Now you must stand there with the bread for half, half an hour. I'm a thief. Hey, in our days, no? Hey, there was this girl I liked in school. I just have to get this off my chest. Cheese girl, everything. I liked her, but in my mind, she was out of my league. And one day my granny sent me to go and buy um, something. I can't remember. There wasn't tuck shops then. Oh, I get there. I see this girl pass. Like, no, it can't be. Turn around. She's standing there with coloring crayons. I'm a thief. I'm like, firstly, you have everything you need. So the next day, and because I liked it, I didn't laugh. I was like, it's now I'm a show compassion. Maybe when she's out of this jail, she can, you know, give me a true pass. And she said, no, I was with friends and they ran away. She was tempted and they put it in her mind and she considered it and she went and she got caught. Anyway, but I say unto you, everyone who looks at a woman to lust after, not just look, you look and you lust. Hey, I said, Diana, if I can find this one, just once, what is it? It is lust. In the spirit, it's considered the total act already. So you cannot sit there and lust after something that is wrong and, and justified by yeah, but I haven't done it yet. When you are sitting there, Joey, and you are telling yourself, I'm going to look at this, I'm going to lust after it, in the spirit, it's considered as done. The only thing that needs to follow up is you actually doing the thing. Does it make sense? It was looked after, had adulted already adultery where? In the heart. Those that set their minds on the flesh go after the things of the flesh. So desires start where? When you allow a thought to take ground and you start wanting that thing. Simple thing. Tomorrow is your payday. You're already the day before. Not thinking of putting your tithe somewhere. You're offering somewhere. You're already thinking, what are you going to order tomorrow with Mr. Delivery for breakfast? It's a strong desire. And you go to bed with it. You even dream of sitting at the table of McDonald's. You wake up. You can't wait for work to come. So now the desire that was in you has gone over Sister Esbury into actually manifesting it. If you at any time of the night decided I'm going to change it, you would not have gone to buy it. Why? Because your mind has been altered. That is how it works. It says if you look at, if I look at Greg's and like, oh, this one wasn't married, I know. It's already adultery. That's why we see that the flesh is a whole package. It's not just when you do it. Because then many of us will not be sinners. It is the intent of the heart. That's why God says, these people worship me with their lips. But their hearts. So whatever we do unto God and others is judged by the content of your heart. The desires therein. James chapter 1 verses 13 to 14. And I hope we're learning something this morning. Check this. This is one of my favorite verses. Let no man say that he is tempted. Wait. No, it was, it was peer pressure. Uh, or that he is tempted of God. For God tempts, or God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. Verse 14, here's the crux. But every man and woman is tempted when they are drawn away by their own desires. Let me bring it home. Pastor Vicky, come here quickly. Brother Greg, come here quickly. He 
Here's the object. You are the person that's going to be tempted. He's the instigator. Vicky comes to you and says, I've got a, I've got a doula. I've got something that we can do, right? He puts it to you. He tempts you with it, right? Now you go and steal it. Take the basket. I'm Satan. I influence him. I just in his When you've done it and you get caught, you cannot now turn around and say, no, it was the wrong friends. Why? Unless the desire was in you, you wouldn't have done it. You are led away by your own desires. It is not your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Somewhere in you was the desire to do the thing. It says God does not tempt, so who tempts you? You are drawn away by your what? They cannot tempt me with smoking dacha. I tried it once or twice. The desire never got hold of me. I can sit next to Sabeti. As she smokes, I will never have the... Why? There's no desire in me to smoke. What made the difference here was not him, was not even me. What made the difference was the own desires. Because if you did not have it in you, then nothing would have happened. Jesus said, the prince of this world came and he found nothing where? In me. So now we know that the carnal desires, if you deal with it, regardless of what the temptation is, you will say, I'm fine. I'm fine. And the more they bring it, and the more you consider it, this is the crux. They're going to be nice girls, come and it's so nice, and that DJ and whatever. We can bring orcas and coolers and what. We know these things. But check this. When you don't stop also that speaking into your ear, it feels something that was not there. Now the desire build. Why? Because you're applying your mind to whatever you are hearing. Because that is what we call sensuality. It is the one step before actually doing it physically. Unless you walk, that's why the Bible says bad companies, even if it takes you 20 years, if you stay in the wrong company, eventually you'll fall that side. So unless you walk away and say, hey, you're bad chomis. If you stay here, thinking you're better than them because you're not doing it, but you're considering it, you are forming a desire and eventually you'll say, hi man, that's why it, you must be, we you chomis, what are you listening to? I've seen guys way back. Thanks, guys. We would listen to gangster rap. That's what they used to call it. I've seen meek guys, guys that you would do this in class. You know that, hey, son, hey, ex, how fast, hey. And you would just say that and cry. Then a few years later, <laughs> do you remember that? We would come and say, hey, son, hey, hey, ex, how fast, hey, hey, brala, hey, bralikis, bralikis. And then you just sit there and cry, and you were like, no, man, hey, stop it. So you step in, even though you're scared of the bully, but it's not nice. And you would just sit there and cry. You see, that is what happened. Now he go, grows up, in, now he grows, and he starts going into different environments where he listens to the wrong music. It goes somewhere into him. Because when I play him the first Tupac song, or Bone Thugs and Harmony, there's a spirit that follows this music, right? When he allows it to sit, it is the same as he looked, but this time he hears. And now he's inviting his mind into the equation. Now his mind sees it as something that needs approval. And with that, there's a spirit that speaks to your subconscious that your, audible, that you, that your ears don't hear, David. And he starts saying stuff like, and this is for anything, not just hip-hop. I'm just making an example, worldly music. Now it comes and it gives you, let me make a stupid example. There's a song that is so filthy and we like singing it. Love feels so good. 
when you... Yeah, diva. Because now the song is saying that it makes what is wrong pleasant. Love is so good when you're stealing it. And because of the musical accompaniment, it makes it easier to go in. Like butter on toast. But at the core of this is still the burnt bread. Do you get what I'm saying? So now he listens and he listens. And then three, four years later, I see Greg now with his shirt out in the street with knives and whatever. The same one that was bullied, the same meek one. Because over years, his influence and his mindset was set on carnality. And he thinks now he's stopping the bullying. No, he's not stopping the bullying. He's showing a different nature. And his own desires drew him away from meekness and just walking away. And now he's like at the point. And I'm not saying allow yourself to be bullied. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that is how the senses, when you give it the wrong things, it changes your nature, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. Pick it off, nah? Let's, let's continue. Ephesians 2 verses, chapter 2 verse 3. This is Paul writing to Ephesians. He says, Among, Amongst whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the what? Of our what? We had what? Conversation. What is conversation? You hear it. It is spoken. So now we see that lust can form any way that you give your senses to. That's why they say the eyes are the windows to the? Your ears are also what? Doors to your soul. If someone every day tells you, no matter how talented you are, you are useless. You are useless. And you allow it to sit in your mind. You, will be, you won't be able to do a few things after that. Why? It changed and transformed your nature. It says... Among whom also we had conversation, not sinning, not stealing, conversation in times past, in the last of our flesh, fulfilling. This is what we're going to speak on next week, fulfilling. What is fulfillment? Fulfillment means bringing something to perfect state. Sin can reach its perfect state. It is because we spoke about these things. And it went from speaking to considering to fulfilling. Let me make a practical example. And I might buy a practical example. And then people just get quiet. It's like, who viet pastor? Muni for me. Muni wari ni. Me and Wade speak. And Wade says, I've got this plan about one, two, three, four. And I know it's wrong. But I allow the conversation to continue. When I get home, especially when things get tough and he's showing me a way to make money. I'm considering it. Now, after consideration, unless I ask God here, help me and take these thoughts out of me. I repent. It must go to fulfillment. No one ever stays at the place of meditation only. Even if it takes you 10 years, it is there and that thought knows I'm legally here and the more Satan feeds on you, the more you become like him. You are what you eat. Does it make sense? Fulfilling the desires of our what? Flesh. And of our? Right. And we're by the nature children of wrath, even as others will deal with it, more broadly next week. But let me come to this. Why? What is the ultimate plan of the flesh? The ultimate plan of the flesh is this next verse, and we're done. Mark chapter 4, verse 19. This is the ultimate plan of Satan. In the case of this world, not this planet, we know when we say, speak of the world, we speak of the, the, the natural environment and the spiritual environment. In the case of what, which world? 
The deceitfulness, what is deceitfulness? It means it looks like it, but it's not, right? The deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering. It is to do what? To choke the word. What is the word? Who is the word? In the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word was God. And we jump to verse 14 of John chapter 1. And the word became what? Flesh and dwells what? Amongst us. Right? There is the word. When the word comes into you, Nikita, and you're allowing it, not just sitting in church, but you're allowing it, you go and study. That's why I'm encouraging you to study. Don't get mad when someone else grows spiritually faster than you because you're receiving the same food. It is like when I dish Bubu this and I dish Shan this, and Bubu grows, but Shan don't. She cannot come back and say, Daddy, you're unfair. No, you did not eat. Everybody received the same food, but you did not eat. So Satan, when he looks at you eating the bread, he sees in the spirit, you becoming like the word, not religious, like Christ. That's why he wants to choke the word so that he can be part of your nature. When, when he chokes the word, your mind won't be transformed and he has access to allow your mind to be fleshly and carnal so that he can keep on using you to provide dust for him. So how do you cut off the flesh? How do you circumcise your heart? By reading the word, by studying the word, by eating the word. Because what you hear, what you read, what you eat, you become. When you eat the word, you become the word. When you eat flesh, you become flesh, no matter how you want to justify it. Yes, in that church, there's favorites, I'm going to leave this church. Then you go to that one. No, the problem is you. In nine churches, you are the common denominator. So now you need to check your own flesh, confront it and say, there's something wrong with me. I have an ego problem. That's why sometimes people feel the most challenge in any church setup once they start getting a desire for the word of God. Satan wants to choke you. It's not your brothers and sisters. He wants to choke the word out of you so that the word don't grow in you. Because we pray for fruitfulness. Father, make me fruitful. And God is like, how can I make you fruitful when my word is not rooted in you? Any tree that brings forth fruit but is not rooted to the ground is witchcraft. Can you imagine waking up, you see a tea, a tea, here angles, a tree just hovering there over the garden, not rooted, but it got the best fruit. You will think twice. So why is it different in the spirit? It says, it chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. And the Bible says our fruitfulness glorifies God. Not our songs, not our hallelujah. Yes, those things as well. But what ultimately glorifies God so that God can come and says, Have you considered my servant Greg? That is what happened when God brought, when he said to us, because he was fruitful in mind, fruitful in spirit, fruitful physically. And God said, Have you considered? God does ultimately say, Senior I can for me. He has the word in him. Don't think he is made by these things. These things are made by him or me in him. Thank you. That is the ultimate thing. So the moment you realize in your own way, Sister Geraldine, I don't have a desire for the word. Check the flesh in your life. There's no two ways. We took a long way to come to this point. When you don't have a desire for Bible study on a Tuesday, check your flesh. Because we'll, if you get a job now, you'll go out of your way. You'll even borrow money from people you don't like. Why not do we go out of the way for God? Because it's so easy to say, I don't have data. Satan is giving you reasons so that the word can be choked, so that you can be unfruitful. He'll allow you to come to church. He doesn't care. 
come to church, you can preach, you can sing, you can help the people at the back, you can be an usher. Satan doesn't care about your church attendance. But as soon as the word comes in, it's like, hey, 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 hey. Oh, it's under a choke that all. That's the ultimate thing. Because the easiest thing for me would be to say, I live in the word. My wife lives in the word. I don't care. I'd be a bad leader. If I just come here and say, fruitfulness is your portion. Show Jesus three times. No, fruitfulness doesn't come that way. Fruitfulness comes is when you are rooted in him. How do I cut the flesh, pastor? You can pray and repent, yes. Confess him as your Lord and Savior. But unless you fill or feed your spirit, man, the word of God, even if it doesn't make sense. The word of God started making sense for me after one year of serving God. And every day I used to read the Bible for four hours or five hours. Minimum. And not one of those verses will jump out with revelation. And out of the blue, wait, revelation just seemed to come out of nowhere. It didn't come out of nowhere. I reached the level where God could trust me with the secrets of heaven. Why the word was in me. Rooted. People like T.D. Jakes and them. With all the winds and people talking all these things on an international level. Why are they standing? Rooted. Why is, why is Greg so prosperous? Check what the roots are. Cain didn't ask um, Abel, hey, my why is God loving you so much? And he would have said, I listened to him, I listened to how they said, and I just do what they say. You, on the other hand, want to, want to tell God, this is how I will worship you. It's your choice, but it doesn't mean God will accept it. And instead of doing that, he did not repent and he went and he killed his brother. Why? No word in him. Are we learning something? We're done for this week. Let me just read this again. In the case of this world, in the deceitfulness of riches, in the lust of other things entering in, to choke the word so that you become unfruitful. Dust is not a place where fruit grows. It's a place where Satan's dominance over your mind grows. When the, when the enemy for this couple of weeks, and I think next week will close, um, or is the Holy Spirit allows, when the enemy comes and offers you dust, no matter how nice it is, the end point is so that every bit in you that looks like Christ, he wants to kill it. That's it. The, he doesn't care. He'll give you positions in church. And yes, I say it in church. Give you positions at work. But he will not give you a position in Christ. Only then we'll start speaking, seated in heavenly places, not just anywhere, in Christ. We all have areas of dust. Whilst we're this side of the grave, Paul said, the things I don't want to do, I do. But the things I don't want to do, I, like, I, 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 yo, I don't even do them. I overkill. And yet God's grace is enough for us. If, 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 this is how I judge the grace of God. That God will love us so much to show us stuff. The Bible says there's stuff that God is showing us, revelational, that angels cannot even look into. Angels that have no blemish, that serve in His presence. God is not showing. He's showing us to fallible men. So much He loves you. Don't use the Word of God. Don't allow the Word of God to drop without doing something. Become fruitful. Thank you. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise.